And so I was like, oh, we, we talk about movies. She's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what? Like, what's the movie? What's the topic this week? I was like, oh, we're going to talk about The Magnificent Seven. She's like, oh. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction. This is the one where we review... The remake of the iconic classic Western, The Magnificent Seven, which was a remake of the iconic <laughs> classic Japanese Western, The Seven Samurai. Uh, I am your host, Brandon Rabar, with my fellow hosts, Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson, as always. And uh, we are going to talk Westerns. We're going to talk The Magnificent Seven on this week's show. The movie, of course, is starring Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt. Um, and a host of other actors, including Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio, who steals the show as always. Um, Byung Hun Lee. How was that? Was that pretty that was decent, pretty you think? Thank you. Uh, uh, of course, that Asian name stars as someone named Billy Rocks. <laughs> Which Makes is total so sense. Random. Yeah. Uh, Manuel Garcia Rolfo. Martin Seinschmeier. Okay, now they're just messing with me. They just put a bunch of random names together. Haley Bennett, Peter Sarsgaard, which I would struggle with if I didn't know who he was. Luke Grimes, <laughs> Matt Bomer, uh, and everyone else in Hollywood. Big cast. Um, it is summarized thusly. Seven gunmen in the Old West gradually come together to help a poor village against savage thieves. Uh, let's check out the trailer to The Magnificent Seven. Man carries a gun, he tends to use it. Dan, you dead? Pity. I had just ordered a drink from that man. Took a job looking for some men to join you. Is it difficult? Impossible. How many you got so far? You and me. <laughs> Who's she? We work for her. Good lord. That's right. That man murdered my husband. I want something. I take it. He will take everything we have. So you seek revenge? I seek righteousness. But I'll take revenge. I need more than a few to help us fight. What a bunch of misfits we are. You know how to shoot that thing? I'm good. So am I. He's local, my friend. Oh, we're good. We got a Mexican. I sense we are bonding. Oh. We got a seven. He's got an army. And they'll be murdered by the world's greatest lover. <laughs> Why are you here fighting someone else's fight? These people deserve their lives back. Just make sure we're fighting the battle in front of us, not the battle behind. Every man's got the right to choose where he dies. Thank you, Jacob. So, let's just jump right into it. The Magnificent Seven, of course, a remake of uh, the original movie. Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. Which was remake of Seven Samurai, which I covered. But what did you guys think of the first remake, The Magnificent Seven? Yes, you know I've seen it. Love, yeah. love The Magnificent Seven. Grew up watching it. It was um, uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, I always was a big fan of your old Brandon Steve McQueen. 
Charles Braun said personally, my favorite was James Coburn in that movie. Uh, and of course has one of the best scores of all time when it comes to Westerns, in my opinion. Um, so yes, I always was just a, a big fan of it. Rachel. I haven't seen it. Oh, that shouldn't be shocking to anybody at all. <laughs> I have seen seven samurai though. And what were your thoughts on seven samurai? I thought that was a snooze fest, man. I know that it's going to upset a lot of cinephiles, uh, because elitists like ourselves yeah, are supposed to, to love this movie. I'd have to throw Kurosawa. away my elitist card, but if anybody's been listening for very long, I I think I did that a long time ago. <laughs> I've never seen it. You haven't seen it. I don't know which is the worst offense to cinephiles, that you've seen it and hated it or that you haven't seen it. I actually am with you, though, Rachel. I I was really bored by it. I, like tried I can, to appreciate, I can appreciate a lot of things yes. about it. Yes. But I, I was, was like, this movie is never going to end. I it's know it's influential and pioneering, end. but it was it was boring. And it was so biz- the characters were bizarre and were doing bizarre, weird things. I think I uh, think we watched it with MJ. Didn't we have to take breaks or something? Yes, all three like, of us. Uh, and, and, we, and none of us, yeah, none of us mind a slow movie. No. And we all three were bored by it. Yep. You liars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kurosawa, though, you know, he's, he's, he's iconic. Uh, but uh, but not a big fan. I did like the remake, though, The Magnificent Seven. So now let's talk, with that backdrop, now let's talk about the remake of the remake, uh, because that's what Hollywood does nowadays. Uh, the Magnificent Seven starring Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt. Uh, Rachel, your overall first impressions of the movie, before we delve deep into it. I was excited about this movie, given the cast. And that it was based off of, you know, an iconic movie and all those things. So it had potential, but th- that didn't really pan out too much. It's it's good, not great. It's entertaining enough. It's worth seeing. This is not going to be an iconic movie. I think I think this movie will just kind of eventually fade into the background and be forgotten. And people will be like, oh, yeah, I, rem- I remember. Isn't Chris Pratt in that or something? I think that, that will be that kind of movie. Did you like it more or less than The Wild Wild West? With Will Smith? Yeah. <laughs> Might go wild, wild west on that. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, that that movie was terrible. Yeah, it was. Great song. Just, terrible movie. No, it's not. Another thing about it is good. The song was wicked, awful. Wicked, wicked, wild, wild. Wicked, yeah, wild, wild. You're done. No more. <laughs> terrible. Uh, Jacob, what were your thoughts on the remake remake? Yeah, so since I was such a big fan of the original, one, I was pretty disappointed when I heard they were coming out with the with the remake of it you right. know, this year. I did think that it was, the casting was going to be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. But honestly, just didn't care much for the movie. I just wasn't a fan. And it, it wasn't because they just redid a classic. It's more so I just had issues with the pacing of the movie, them kind of flirting with the music you know, like mm-hmm. the actual theme music to, right. to the Magnificent Seven, right. which we only hear like in the credits. Um, I had no problem with, you know, like Denzel or anything like that. I, I had more problems with like maybe uh, Chris Pratt. I had problems and, with Chris uh, Pratt. I, I'll tell you right now, I had some problems with Chris and Ethan, Pratt. And Ethan Hawke as well. I don't um, have any problems with Ethan Hawke. Well, I think it's more so his character and like the cliche thing they did with him. Okay, that yeah. I agree with. Which, by the way, we always spoil I you here on uh, Pulp Fiction, so just be yeah. ready for that. But um, it, I, I just, I just didn't care much for it, and I, you know, 
I know we talked about this uh, before, but with a lot of Westerns, they're usually the same movie. Yes. And in this one, we have, you know, a group of people trying to defend a, a town. You know, Three Amigos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, what they based it on. Kind of a different situation. <laughs> I think that's where Kurosawa got his inspiration yeah. <laughs> from, was actually the Three Amigos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I, I just was a little bit, I was, I was disappointed, because I like Westerns, and I like shoot 'em ups and dirty and all that stuff, and, and these modern-day Westerns. We we get a lot more of that. They're very good about showing a lot of that. But um, this one just didn't do it for me. I'm, I'm completely there, there with Rach when she says that it'll be forgotten. And hopefully, it's not like when we talk about Star Trek and you say, yeah, the one with Idris Elba. And then this, when we say the Magnificent Seven, they say, oh, the one with Yul Brynner, because they're probably going to say, oh, the one with Chris Pratt. Oh, so gosh. that's what I, that's what really bothers me about it. You know. See, I like Chris Pratt. But I really had an issue with him in this movie. Here, here's here's and, and I'm I'm gonna lead with that because my biggest problem with the movie is kind of um, capsized by by him in particular. And then uh, I will say this: I was entertained. It was I, I didn't hate the movie because I was entertained by it. I was never bored by it. I was fine with with the characters and the acting. But Chris Pratt in particular, I felt like, and, and this was my my biggest issue with the movie overall, I felt like he was Chris Pratt, a character in the 2010s, but he was supposed to be, you know, in the 1800s, like the rest of the characters, I believed they were back then. Right. And his whimsical, witty, cocky, cocky stuff. Yeah. He, he acted like Chris Pratt from guardians of the galaxy. This is the second movie in a row since guardians of the galaxy. The other being Jurassic world where they don't know what to do with Chris Pratt. Yeah. And he's a likable dude. Yeah, he's I a like charismatic. Chris Pratt. He's, he's got it, but for some reason, super they likeable. don't know what to do with the guy. Yeah, that like, just act some. Give him something to not be Chris Pratt. Don't just this character didn't smile to, and smirk and nod and you know yeah, be all cool. He didn't have to be Chris Pratt in this. I like Chris Pratt, but he didn't need to be him. And because it was him, I didn't feel like I was watching a movie that was taking place in the 1800s. I felt like I was watching a character from 2016. Trying to, it was like a, you know, like a blast from the past thing. He was like sh- shot off to the 1800s, and he was around all these other characters who actually were from the 1800s. Right. You no, know that, what I mean? That makes total sense. I mean, and totally so it get took it. me out of the movie a lot of times when when he was on screen. I hate that because I like the guy, Denzel. I was fine with, but you know what? I, I are we gonna? I have a lot of problems. I, I like the movie, but <laughs> but okay. So Denzel. Do we want to get to the specific problems we had besides that, or do we want to cover some other things? We want to talk about specifics about like cinematography or anything we liked about it, performances, or do we want to start just criticizing, nitpicking it? Because I got some things to, to complain about. Go for it. I want this is this is go there. All right, all right. With Denzel's character, okay, Denzel, good actor. I was fine with him in this movie. I was fine with his performance, his character, all those things. But they they hinted at the whole racism issue. Without actually really addressing it. Like when he first comes to town, they're kind of like, hmm, black guy, that's interesting. That's the first time and only time I remember it in the movie. Right. And then, then it was dropped. And and for a black man to have power in the... in The, the first and only? The Is that the only in the West, In the West, you know, back in those days, I'm like, well, address this. Like, you cast him in this role... That's awesome. I'm cool with that. Blazing but explain, saddles. But explain, yeah. <laughs> explain how that's okay. Explain right. how you know, and then explain how the characters just go from 
this is weird to, okay, cool, whatever. Like, right. it was never addressed head on. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, it's kind of here. Now let's just ignore it. It's okay. How did he come to that power? How is he respected? How did they follow him? How did all, you know, or just don't bring it up at all and pretend like racism didn't exist then. Okay, then you've created this fictional world. I'm okay with that too, but don't hit at it and then hint at it and then not address it. You know what I mean? Don't not explain it to me. Well, because one thing to piggyback on that is we have, you know, an Asian character. Yes. We have yes. a Latino character. We have our yes. Native American. Yes. You know. And they were the only ones to live. All the white dudes died. Oh, I didn't even think about that. They did. All the white dudes died and all the ethnic oh. people lived. Well, I didn't even think about that. But, I mean. Which is fine. To, to me. Good. It, to me, it becomes more comic booky in a way. <laughs> right. You know, you try to yes. hit all those facets. You know, we try to cater to all of our audience and genre. Um, you know, and I kind of, once I realized that they weren't going to go down that road, I was like, I just checked out from it. I'm oh, sorry. That came out wrong. I didn't. I checked out from. Um, all how it would really be the authenticity of it too. Okay, we're right. just going to watch a western here. Right. Now, is that so bad though? See, I'm okay with it. That's what I'm saying. Like, if if they didn't address it at all, I'd be okay with it. But they made a very clear, hey, this is kind of weird. When he first rode into town, and then it got ignored. Yeah, I think just think once I realized it, uh-huh. I just was kind of like, okay, cool. We're just going to watch a western with all different diverse, diverse characters, right? In it. And that's fine. But I, love but I was diversity. with you because I they did love... touch on it. They did touch on it right, right there at the beginning, and then they just completely went away from it. And right. then Denzel becomes like kind of this badass, you know, yeah. knock you down like Django Unchained kind of guy. So you know, I, I was right there with you. I'm right there with you, and I, I don't think I care one way or the other. I think ultimately because I think it's just a mediocre movie, right? So you don't really care that much, period. Yeah, but yeah. like. I, you you cast someone like Denzel though that really helps because yes big Denzel fan right here you know right love, love oh Denzel's Denzel awesome so you know he can p- totally pull off the role um, so I, I I feel like they have a very small window that they can pull it off from it, it just seems like there's only there's small there's very few black actors out there who can kind of pull it off right now you know Denzel's clearly one of them so you uh, know I don't know and his performance was great I mean he was yeah. he's great and I mean for what it was for the movie yeah. that it was but he I'm, did you know, the I'm best. big on authenticity too especially when it, you know and it seems like in a western that would be something you know which clearly it's shown in Django Unchained right um, well but, and it brought out any sort of r- realism it was like okay well it died and now we're just watching an action western yeah. flick or just a poppy fun action well, which when, I'm fine when I realized with. That, just, when I realized that that's what they were taking I was like alright cool let's check out and watch a western right you know, whatever. it just became an entertaining movie which yeah. I'm okay but it loses some points for depth and realism sure you sure. know what I mean yeah especially when they when they flirt with it yes you know if they completely ignored it then yeah, it makes it even ignored. easier then, then, right then it's just a different world where right. racism didn't exist back then okay well then you've set that world I'm okay with that uh, then some other things I had some issues with. Um, okay, I talked about Chris Pratt being too modern. Uh, okay, here's the other deal. So many predictable things happened. I was so mad. All right, you 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 kind of hinted at it. Um, Ethan Hawke's character. I I I liked his character actually, but what I hated about his character was the whole I gotta leave because I then t- and I gotta come back. Yes. And oh, you exactly. know he's gonna come back. Like no, that's exactly what I'm like, talking like about. Like just don't even I, I thought he was really cool up until that. Yes. Then, then he kinda got the the jitters there in the middle. Yes. And then when he leaves it was just like really because he's gonna come back. Yeah, I mean, come like on. you know he's gonna come back. He's you the only one who crack. can make those shots. Yes. And you know he's you gonna know? come back at the climax. Like one so when he comes back I'm like, well this is cheese I'm not like, oh cool. I'm yeah. like this is so stupid. That I thought it was really kind of bad 
I don't know if it's bad taste, but the Indian versus the Indian. Yes. Kinda, it's just like. I didn't uh, think it was bad taste, but it was not, it was kind of like too. Too easy. Too easy. Yeah. I mean, that's. And too predictable. Too comical, con- cartoony. Yeah. Like, yeah. Predict- all that stuff. And not to mention, they really didn't even build that up. Like, there was tension between them. No. They just happened to be the two in the room. Yes. Exactly. You know, when they both were kind of cool characters. They were. They we were. Didn't, we didn't really get much from the bad guy. Uh, no. But, but it's like, okay, well, there you go. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, then the other thing that was predictable, and I hated it so much because I saw it coming from 10 miles away, not just a mile away, was the very end. You've seen it a million times. Uh, there's a gun that's brought out from the bad guy, Peter Sarsgaard, and you hear a shot, and you're like, oh, no, did it shoot Denzel? Yeah. Oh, no, it's the chick showed up and shot Peter Sarsgaard. Oh, my gosh, when they stop using this device in movies. I knew it was coming before he – as soon as he pulled out, I was like, oh, the chick's going to come, and she's going to shoot him, and they're going to make us – it's going to be a fake out. We're going to think Denzel's dead. Boom, that's exactly what happened. I'm so sick and tired of seeing that. Oh, no, I, I thought I thought it was completely predictable. Yeah, it was it was absolutely uh, predictable. And, you know, like all over the place. Yeah, cliche. That's why yes. I just – honestly, I just did not care much for this movie. I wanted to like it. You know, I, I, I like Westerns, but I just thought it was so hunky, hoke, you know, hokey. Um, just – we've seen it before. I don't yeah. know. Uh, uh, then the last thing I want to bitch about is this. Peter Sarsgaard is an awesome actor. I think he made my top five most underrated actors list. And this dude, if you give him a villain role, he can really get into it. He played this villain in the TV show on AMC called The Killing. The Green Lantern? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he played he played a psycho serial killer. Well, not a serial killer, but he played a psycho in season three of The Killing. And Oh, man. So good. He was he was fantastic in that. Yeah, he was. He was nominated for an Emmy for it. I can't remember if he won for it. But, uh, but then you give him this role as a villain, and then you don't use him. He's gone for most of the movie, and then when you give him, when you, he does show up, he's just your cut and paste villain. No cool lines, no good juicy dialogue for him to sink his teeth into. And then you make him a a little biatch at the end. You know, the big climax between him and Denzel it should have been badass, and then yeah, he just runs weak. away like a little pussy. It, it was so. You took this guy that could have been a really good villain. You got a great actor to play him, and then you just make him completely underused. I was really, really upset what they did with Peter Sarsgaard and with his character. Yep. Nope. Completely agree. Um, let's talk about Vincent D'Onofrio because you, he was the highlight for okay, me. Okay, because to me, I almost thought it was overacting because oh, I, I, I really like him as an actor. I think he's a great actor. I mean, there are parts that I just loved and like, you know, kind of, oh, you want to hug the guy? But then there are other times where it's just like... His voice was too much. It's just a little too much, too. Yeah. I don't know if I'm overthinking it, though. No, I agree. It, okay. I think you're right, and I'm right. I think it, he was overacting sometimes, but I was okay with it because it was at least entertaining and gave us a, a fun character. Yeah. I mean, he we, there's a lot of personalities in, these, in this movie. Especially yes. When you start with someone like Chris Pat, Pratt and Denzel, which, you know, Ethan Hawke, he's a good actor. But I, it's been a while since I've seen him do a role like this, if ever, really. But, like, you know, you have some charisma coming out of those other two actors. And then you throw in someone like D'Onofrio, who's got a lot of range. Yeah, he does. You know, it could either be great or what, it, to me, it was, which was, I mean, he almost, he, I don't know if he outacts them. It just doesn't fit in, right? I, 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 I mean, know. he's definitely such a different character from everybody else. But, I mean, he, he's obviously the comic relief. And, and I think, I mean, it worked for me. I you could tell me he overacted, and I would agree with you. But I'm okay with it because I thought it was really funny. I, I still and be, like and because that. and because the movie was, you kind of had to turn off your brain, like, oh, well, this isn't a real a real movie. This is just a fun, entertaining flick. 
I'm okay with it. Like if he would have done that exact same performance in like a serious movie, like an Unforgiven or Dances with Wolves, you'd be like, this is ridiculous. What the hell is he doing? But because it was what it was, I was okay with it, and I thought it was really funny. Um, so yeah. Brandon's review of Magnificent I, Seven. I, 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 I was holding that in. I, I had to I had to do a little venting. So that's kind of funny because like you really ripped into it just now, but you say you still liked it. I was entertained by it. I, I, I just had so many. I guess what it, why I'm passionate about it is because I felt like it could have been a really good movie. Yeah. And and they, if they would have. It was once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Uh, uh, but I felt like if they just would have tweaked it. And and probably they probably wanted to make it more accessible to a wide mainstream audience, so they wanted to kind of make it more entertaining. They wanted it to be very Chris Prattish and very, you know, over the top fun, which is fine. But it could have been a really good movie. Yeah, they, I don't think they were aiming to make a good movie. They yeah. were aiming to make an enter- entertaining movie, and they did that. They did. So it was entertaining. It's a cash grab. Enter- That's what all of the remakes yes. are. They're cash grabs, and yeah. they'll get their money out of it. Do Do y'all know how it did this weekend? I haven't heard. Yeah, it, it cleaned up at the box office. It did really well. I know it was number one by a wide margin. I can't remember exactly how much it made, but it was number one easily. Brandon, would you like to share what the millennial had to say about about the Magnificent Seven? Say what? Would you like to share what the millennial had to say about the Magnificent oh. Seven? Okay, I have to tell the story. So on the way here to record our podcast, Rachel and I took a uh, a side trip to get a coffee from Starbucks. So the uh, probably 17-year-old working at the window, really sweet as could be, uh, she asked us if what we were doing tonight. I said, oh, we're about to go record a podcast. She was like, oh, that's so, like, so, so cool. She's like, what do you talk about? I'm not really exaggerating, am I, Rachel? No. This, this is how she talked. I'm not meaning to make fun, but just to kind of set the, set the tone. And so I was like, oh, we, we talk about movies. She's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what? Like, what's the movie? What's the topic this week? I was like, oh, we're going to talk about The Magnificent Seven. She's like, oh, that's the one with, like, uh, Chris Pratt, right? It's <laughs> like, yeah, Chris Pratt. She's like, and Denzel, right? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, Denzel, too. She's like, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about watching it, but I don't know. I'm not really into the gunslinger violence. Like, it's kind of like a lot of violence, and I don't really like the gunslinger thing. <laughs> but I might watch it because Chris Pratt, he's, like, young. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, young. He, she he's said that, young. right? I'm not, that's, that was that's almost, why she wanted to see it is because Chris Pratt her, is young. Her reasoning for wanting to see The Magnificent The set, future of America. This is why they dumbed it down and just made it entertaining and made Chris Pratt Chris Pratt. Because in this 17-year-old's mind, she's like, I'm not really into the westerns or the violence or gunslinging. But Chris Pratt, he's like young. And here's the deal. <laughs> Chris Pratt, not super young. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like 20 years older than this shit. <laughs> he's, I think he's, he's 37. Yeah, she, Rachel looked it up after he's 37. He's 37. He's a kid to Brandon. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it actually made me feel kind of good. She said he was young. And I was like, oh, so you think I'm like almost young? <laughs> uh, I, I almost said it verbatim, right? That That's, sounded yeah. like a Saturday Night Live yeah. character that I was doing. But was that not verbatim? Yep, it was, it was pretty much exactly what she said. I could not. I'll never forget the words. But I might see it because Chris Pratt's, like, young. He's, like, young. Well, how is that your reasoning for seeing a movie? Because an actor's, like, young? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I do love Chris Pratt, though. (laughs) These men need inspiration. Inspire them. You are Goodnight Robo Show, after all. Ain't you? 
I can hear it saying, we need the lead. 23 confirmed kills at Antietam. This is one of Connolly's Confederate sharpshooters, dubbed the Angel of Death. Do what he does. He's a legend. What'd you think of the pacing of this movie, by the way? Um, nothing really stood out to me. You, you obviously have a gra- I'm curious to see what what I missed because so to me, there's a lot like Avengers Assemble in it, right? Oh, definitely for sure. Like, and, for sure, anyway, it's a long movie. Up all the diff- like two all the hours and thirty minutes, which you have to do for the the Magnificent Seven, or at least right. you do in the original anyway. But well, yeah, because you got to introduce all these characters. But it was it was kind of weird how they went about it. I felt like, and um, some of it wasn't quite believable, like like getting Chris Pratt to come along. Yeah, uh, and it just yeah. seemed like it took a while. And you know, you kind of said it like you when D'Onofrio just walks away like he wasn't interested. And then just shows up out of nowhere like Should've, he was tracking them the right. entire time. But but then also given no reason, like he went from like, nope, not interested, to like, hell yeah, let's do this. Like, right. what was the reasoning? What was the? It was very bizarre. Yeah. Very bizarre. Uh, I mean, there. I thought there were problems with the story lying like that all over the place. Right. And, and not just because of cliches, just the pacing of it just didn't work for me. And by the way, one of the longest gunshots, gun scenes I've ever seen. When it happens in open range, the Gatling gun. No, oh. no, just the whole. They bring two hundred men and there's a big long gunfight. Oh, like it yeah, took yeah, forever. Yeah, that like, did take forever. I, yeah. I said open range. Like that you did. know, you had maybe ten, twenty guys. When you have uh, Unforgiven, you have like twenty guys, yeah. and is a reasonable amount of slowing down because. Right. Like at first, you know, there's a lot of shooting. Then, yeah, fine, guys die, and you turn yeah. them down to a realistic number. And this was like the never-ending aliens of Avengers. Yeah, like it was yeah. unbelievable how many it people was. there were, it and was. these seven guys, and I guess some of the town folk beat them. Um, <laughs> you know, and actually, I figured they'd break out a Gatling gun or something like that. Yeah. It was the only thing that would make sense because they were kicking their ass that much. Right. I just thought it was so long, just overdone, well, way they, overdone. They had to. These millennials like like Transformers, where there's a lot of action. So they had to put <laughs> in a lot of action. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to put in. A, I felt like they had to like go over the top on the action part too to you know I guess keep people's attention. I don't know. That's a, that I hated that about it though. Yeah, it was. It was. Just, it it was like, overdone. I don't like just long shootout scenes. Yeah, whenever that happens, interest. I'm just like, okay, let's get back to the story. Well, like heat. Worked like heat, oh. one of the greatest shoot scenes ever, and it's a long shootout scene. Yeah, but I think it's much more doable, or it works so much better. I don't know why. Well, because that know? felt real, and there felt like a real sense of urgency and real like sense there of was danger. something at stake. Yes, exactly. Like Val Kilmer was like young yes. and all. <laughs> He's like young, and I'm really into that. <laughs> but yeah, there felt like there was this one. Like, okay, come on, we know we know who's going to live and who's going to die. Anything else to to add about the Magnificent Seven? And anything we we've talked so much about what we disliked. Anything that struck out that you stuck out that you really did like, but besides for me Vincent D'Onofrio, I didn't like it. So just period. So nothing. D'Onofrio was cool. Ethan Hawke, but then yeah. he really pissed me off. I really liked the Byung Hun Lee yeah. character. Yeah, his character and also cool. uh, you know Manuel Garcia. Uh, Rufo. The characters were like, cool. I they, liked they were the characters. Cool characters. I liked the characters. Um, besides Chris yeah, Pratt. Yeah, I guess that's it. The characters were fun, yeah, but they what were. they did with them were not satisfying. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't even say I didn't like Chris Pratt's character because I liked him. He just didn't you fit. Because you like Chris Pratt. Right. He just didn't fit this movie. <laughs> and yeah. how distracting I like Mickey Haley Mouse, Bennett, but you shouldn't put Mickey Mouse in the Magnificent Seven. 
Sure. Yeah. And how distracting is Haley Bennett, by the way, whoever this chick is? Oh, right, right. Yeah, she's pretty. She's <laughs> I guess I give a shout out to her. Oh, that was that was pretty rad, though. I was <laughs> I was cool with that. Yeah, that was that was nice. So when we're getting to that point of the podcast, that means we need to move on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that is our thoughts on Magnificent Seven. Tell us what you think in our Facebook comments or on our SoundCloud comments. Now let's talk about what else we've been watching lately here at Pulp Fiction. Anything that stood out to you guys, whether it be TV shows or trailers or movies that you've seen in the past week that you want to discuss? Rachel. Okay, so I'm not caught up yet, but I'm really excited that the fall lineup is coming back. So there's a lot of TV lineup is coming back. So I don't have a lot to say about it other than I'm super excited about it because we've got all of your best comedies back, at least in my opinion, because you've got Goldbergs, you've got Blackish, Modern Family, all those are back. Scream Queens is back. American Horror Story is back. So there's a lot of good TV that's back on. So that's exciting for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that, too. Uh, all those shows that you mentioned, especially, you know, I love me some Goldbergs. Uh, but but speaking of TV, uh, did you notice that there's new Luther? Did you guys yeah. know there's new Luther out? On Netflix. On Netflix. Two new episodes of Luther, uh, the BBC seri- series starring uh, Idris Elba. Uh, now, it premiered in, in England uh, December of last year, but we're just now getting it here in America. So Luther fans... There's two new episodes out for you to watch. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, I did watch one movie. It's it's on Netflix. It's a documentary called Who Took Johnny. You watched that? I watched it. Yeah. We almost watched that last night for Guy Night. Oh, um, it's a it's a it's another true crime documentary. It's pretty interesting though. It's about Johnny Gosh, I think is how you say his name, and he was he was the first kid that they ever put. Gosh, Gosh. <laughs> you're gonna be um, really bad after you find he, out what this is about. He was the first kid that they put on a milk carton for being kidnapped. For being kidnapped, <laughs> Jacob, Jacob's face feels like a total ass. That's okay. Right it was now. like 30, 30 years ago. Yeah, so it's not important anymore. Uh, I'm sure his mom's over it. Well, shit. <laughs> uh, and and there's no. I, this isn't really spoiling anything because they're pretty upfront with this, but it's still unsolved. It's an unsolved. I mean, the mom has never given up. What's weird about this story is how disinterested the police seemed to be in finding him and were the entire time that he was missing. They just seemed not real interested. And she got some good leads, some like good solid stuff on her own and gave it to the cops. And they were like, eh, we didn't really follow up on it. Actually, um, I no, I won't say it because I don't want to give away too much, but it's a really interesting documentary. It's really incredibly sad though yeah um and, and it is it's kind of resolved in the mom's mind but it's not resolved in real life it's just it's really interesting and i would recommend it if you like true crime stuff but it is sad it would be really difficult for moms to watch i would think i read about it yesterday literally yesterday it was the first i heard about this and i read all about it without trying to give you know spoil anything for myself but apparently there's a lot of twists and turns and weird. There is. There's, weird. Uh, um, I read some things that there's a lot of twisty, turny, fascinating things that happen within this case. Um, my my question is, because there's no critic reviews at all on this yet. There's not a single one. It's a well-made now, documentary. I, yeah, on IMDb, it's, our, it's like 7.5 or something mm-hmm. like that, so it's scoring well. But um, do they explain the whole milk carton thing, like how that all happened? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they that's do. Cool. Um, and it's so... Uh, 
I lose patience with documentaries that are just poorly made, even if they're telling me about something interesting. If I can't follow your story from the way you put together your documentary, I'm done with you. Right. Um, this is actually a pretty well-made documentary, okay. and it came out, I think, like two years ago. Okay. So I do recommend that. But just know that every twist is sad. It just gets worse and well, worse the more they discover. But it is it is interesting and intriguing yeah. and all those things. So Okay. I'm going to watch it. It sounds good to me. That's all I got. Jacob, what have you watched lately? Not depressing at all. <laughs> um, well, I texted you all about this, so and I want to just talk about it on the podcast a little Your bit. Your dick which pics? Is, the, is, that, is that weird? Is that, is that awkward? <laughs> uh, is The Leftovers, though. It's the yes. HBO series that's been out for a couple of years now. I believe they're in their third season. Or maybe they just wrapped up their third season. But all I've heard are great things about the second and third season. So I watched the first season, right? So, so that you could the get beginning. to the, yeah. And uh, man, what a slow, boring, weird show that for some reason I want to see the next episode. Yeah. And it's like, boy, this second season must be badass because this first season, like I'm just, it's just boring. It's not very good. And and so I texted you all um, to get your opinions on it. And so go ahead, Brandon, just real quick. I just want to. That's, that's the consensus we had as well. Yeah. Um. It does the ending, the ending of the, the the I'm not going to say what it is, but it is, it builds, um, I I had to force myself to watch it for most of the first season. I was like, oh, okay. It's just well-made. It's an HBO drama. I can, I can get through this. The payoff is pretty good. It's not as good as I wanted it to be. I don't feel like I got a complete return and all the time I invested in the first season, but it got a lot more interesting after the first season. So I was like, okay, well, if they keep at this pace, I, the second season will be really good. So I started to watch the first uh, or the second season. I think I made it like two episodes in. I was like, oh, am I going to have to watch all this? Am I going to have to watch like 10 boring episodes again to get to two good episodes? And were you binge watching it? Uh, Somewhat. No. No, I mean, I'd say maybe two episodes a week or something. I wasn't watching them, like, super fast. Okay, that, that that's basically what I'm doing now, too. Like, I've watched all of it except for the last episode of the first season. So, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I'm just grinding through this to get you this supposed second season, which is supposed to be amazing. And I just was curious to get y'all's take on it because, it's. I mean, so far it's like, it's good. And I'm I'm curious because, okay, so The Leftovers is basically about the, I mean, it's a spinoff of The Rapture, but at the same time, it's not because a good percentage of the people are not good people. So it's like, these. this, this is the story about The Leftovers, the people who didn't disappear, right? I don't know if that's a very good yeah. description of it. Yeah. And how they cope with it and all the ones that disappeared, like, you know, their family members, their friends. Why do they get to leave? How come I'm still here? You know, I'm a good person. I'm a, you know, so... There's interesting elements to it, and I think one of the one of the more dynamic things that's keeping me watching is the fact that it's on HBO, a channel that often often plays controversial or a lot of things that are against my politics. I'll say that, and so it's like, well, what are they doing with this? But maybe they're just trying to play to all audiences. I don't really know. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's got my attention. So, but well, that first season was just kind of. It's no wire. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, the other thing I've been watching, which is one of my all time favorite miniseries. I've seen it multiple times at this point. My fifth or sixth time to watch it is uh, Band of Brothers. 
I knew you were going to say Band of Brothers. Really? Oh, I knew you were going to say Band Yeah, you love you some Band of Brothers. Oh, my God. It's just, I mean, like, yeah. if we ever do war movies, I don't know how I can or cannot, I mean, I can't put it on my list. I mean, I'll have to, I wish we could do our we, own. We need to do it's a miniseries. So we'll, we'll do a good. miniseries list sometime. Uh, it's we so don't do good. enough TV show lists as is. That's we should true. do some sort of miniseries or we could just do a ta- favorite TV shows list and you can include that because it's technically a TV show. Rach, have you seen Band of Brothers? No. Really? Here's the deal with Band of Brothers. I know. I know if I watch it, I'm going to love it. I'm going to think it's great. I have no doubt of that in my mind. But getting the motivation to watch a war miniseries, war just war stories don't really interest me. And I know that Band of Brothers is good, and I know that it focuses a lot on the characters, and that's why I'll love it, and it's really well made and all of those things. But finding the motivation to commit to it, I just haven't found it yet. After all these years, I still haven't found it. Well, I mean, when you do, I mean, I think it's one of the coolest stories, like, I guess based off of real events I've right. ever, ever seen put on screen. Like, yeah, it was produced by Spielberg and uh, Tom Hanks, but, and it, and it came out like just two years after they did, uh, you know, Saving Private Ryan, which I watched also, which is why, you know, <laughs> yeah, why I watched Band of Brothers, because yeah. it was on, it just came out on Netflix. And so um, I just can't say enough about it. Um, and so what's really cool is like these characters that are real people, you know, they're also, you know, when this came out was 2000. So a lot of them were still alive and they were interviewed at the beginning of each, uh, each episode. And so you see the real, you know, uh, soldiers, uh, talking about, you know, that, that part of their life. And then you go watch the, the episode and it's so cool. It's just so cool. As far as history goes, I think, you know, what makes this worse that I haven't watched it. My grandpa is actually a character in that. He was a paratrooper. So he wasn't like a named character, but his troop is mentioned. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, he was a paratrooper. And he took a uh, shrapnel. like so mad at you they, right now. They, they, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, a, uh, a bomb blew up and he got shrapnel all like in his leg and whatnot. Really? While he was leaning on the beach. So Man, it is... his troop is mentioned in it. So technically, I guess he would be a character in there somewhere. Wow. Well, that's so pretty I, cool. So I really should. You really should watch it. It's, it's so cool. Important. I mean, it's so cool as far as history goes, and it's just done so well. And you nailed it. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff as far as war and action sequences that happen throughout it, but it is the characters, yeah. the the band of brothers, the but yeah. the brotherhood that that's created and the lost lives. And I mean, you really, I think as far again as far as history goes, you get it, you grasp how important it is to our that. Um, to the states, to our, I don't know, heritage. I don't know. Yeah. Um, family. I don't, I'm saying it all wrong. Basically what that generation did for our generation. Right. There you go. Well, yeah, like like what Rachel's grandpa did for her, and she just doesn't give a crap about. <laughs> she she not only failed as a cinephile tonight, she failed as a granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really argue that. <laughs> I really can't. I shouldn't have told you, though. That, that's 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 crazy that your, your grandfather was part of the Airborne. That's the, what the whole thing's about. You need to start that's in a crazy. miniseries called Band of Shitty Grandkids. <laughs> 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 this is the most I've ever cursed you're, in a podcast. You're a fan of Band of Brothers. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, okay. people should watch it. <laughs> I really think everyone should watch that. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's I mean, it's it's considered... One of the great TV shows of all time, and there's, what, eight episodes, ten episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Uh, to to continue along the HBO TV show line here, 
Have I talked about how I'm watching Deadwood on this? Is on... this your first time to watch it? Yes. Really? Yes. I've never. Yeah. It's, it's the one. <laughs> it's I love one, Deadwood. Oh, it's the one. It's the one HBO show, uh, I, iconic, big, you know, well loved HBO show. One of the coolest that bad I never guys there ever was. Al Swearingen. Al Swearingen. Awesome. He is awesome. How far into it are you? I'm about halfway through season one. Okay. I just started. Uh, we, Missy and I are watching it, and I'm loving it. It's how, awesome. how how disappointed in Timmy Oliphant are you? And disappointed in him, it may not be the right word, character. but his character. Because Timothy Oliphant is a charismatic, fun, Oh, yeah, he is. He's a good cowboy. I, don't, we, I, know, I've seen, I know I've seen Justified. Yeah. I've talked about it, right. but I don't recall if you've seen it. Uh, I, watched the, I watched the pilot of Justified, okay. and I meant to keep watching it, but I haven't watched it. No, okay. I've only seen the pilot. So, But anyway, go ahead. Talk, keep talking. Uh, I want to uh, hear it. Alice Wearingen. <laughs> Is awesome. Oh, he's so cool. Uh, I mean, he he makes the show so far. I mean, like I love the show. Period. He's like, talking I'm, about I'm Ian McShane, the actor. Ian he's McShane, older. the actor. Yeah. He's also one of the best voice actors in my opinion yeah. that I've yeah. ever heard. In fact, when he does voice characters for uh, like cartoon characters, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's. I'm loving the show, and it hooked me right Ooh. away. <laughs> uh, but all the but what's fun about this is watching all the different actors that you see in a million other shows, like. Oh, that's Hunter from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, that's Homeboy from The Wire. Oh, that's I mean, just like every every few minutes, you recognize somebody else from another TV show that you love. Um, But it's it's so far so good. I I really I knew that I was going to love it. The only reason I ever hesitated to watch it was because I know that it got canceled before they wanted it to. So there wasn't like a true ending. Uh, from my understanding, what I've read is that they kind of, kind of had a hint that maybe it might be the last season, so they kind of gave it an ending, but not like a true ending. So I kind of always hesitated to watch it, and I've actually read uh, as I started watching it that there were initial plans to make a movie to to basically give it an ending, and that was kind of put on the back burner. And this was years and years ago, and then just this month it was announced that they are going ahead. And they're in the stages now of actually making a Deadwood movie to give it a proper ending. So I'm excited about that. And it kind of eases my mind going into this. For anyone who's listening who doesn't know what Deadwood is, it's a story of, uh, oh, I guess gold mining. I mean, it, I believe it's in Montana. Is that where Deadwood is? Or was? In, I thought it was in California. Well, Maybe I mean, that's where the gold it. rush oh, yeah, yeah. was, a, but yeah, I don't think a, it's yeah, in it's California. In, yeah, it's in Montana. I believe yeah. it is. And, and so you have all these characters who are kind of coming into right? this, at the time, camp that's I not even remember. a real town yet. And you've got Al Swearingen, who runs the local bar saloon slash uh, brothel. Right. You've got Timothy Elephant, who, play, who plays, the, he's trying to start his own business, but gets kind of talked into doing being the town sheriff. Right. And um, John Hawk is in it. And he's well, that's awesome. what I was going to say when you said he's awesome. chameleon actors. We have John Hawks, W. Earl Brown, and Brad Dourif, who are all chameleon actors yeah, always. If you don't know Brad Dourif, he was in uh, you know One Flew of the Cougar's Nest. He's the kid who who you know kills himself at the yeah. end. W. Earl Brown. I mean, he's he's Al Swearingen's right hand man. That's yeah. that's uh, what's his name <laughs> from uh, something about Mary. Um, Franks and Beans. Yeah, Franks and Beans. Yeah, but Franks he and Beans. is not the same character in that movie as he is in this. I mean, <laughs> such 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 a great cast uh, throughout this show, and it's 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 again it's dirty. Uh, I mean, it's muddy, is what this movie is. And one of the most unique thing about Deadwood that I really need to bring up is the dialogue, oh, yeah. because it's not your 
I don't know. It's not your clean, whatever. Like every other word's the f bomb. It's actually a game, a drinking game. How many times uh, yeah. they dropped the f bomb in an episode? Yeah, it's, but it's. Then again, they still have like this Western kind of dialogue. Uh, I don't know. Talk. I mean, they do. And, and Al Swearingen or, or whatever his name is, um, uh, Ian McShane is is the best at it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's because he has that kind of Irish accent or something on his side. It's just so. So good, so cool. I'm glad you are watching. It. You, you know what I was uh, most surprised by was that it's all based because Wild Bill Hickok is in it, right? Uh, played by a great actor, uh, Carradine, Keith Carradine, who's in Dexter uh, and and oh, uh, yeah, Fargo. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's awesome. So I was like, oh, and Calamity Jane, they're both in. It. I was like, oh, they put a couple of real life characters in this story. Well, I didn't know well, that actually, this was Seth, all... Seth Bullock well, is, is a real character. Well, no, I was going to say, I looked it up. All Al Swearingen is a real character. All these okay. people are based on real life people. I had no idea. The whole story is based on real events. And, of course, it's dramatized. Uh, but I didn't know that. I just thought while Bill and, and Calamity Jane were in it. And then, of course, there's you know something happens that kind of sets a lot of things in motion about four or five episodes in. I was like, oh, I wonder, did this really happen? So I looked it up and tr- come to find out the whole thing's real. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of actors in this. Yeah. Powers Booth, he's got a yeah. pretty cool role in yeah. it. Um, you know, Kim Dickens, who we've seen her do a lot with her career. I think this is the first thing that you, we see her in. Uh, additionally, uh, Anna Gunn goes on to yeah. do... Um, yeah, uh, Skyler. Yeah. Uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah. So anyway, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So watch Deadwood. Uh, as someone who's seen the first half... See- Oh no! Oh no! Hold on, I'll clean. I, I will say this while you're down there cleaning up your coffee, Garrett Dillahunt. Uh, he is in the. He's actually in the first season as one character. Becomes that he comes back in the second season as another character. Like you would never know that. Like this is his character. Uh, he he's also in like uh, No Country for Old Men. I think I best know him from. Um, Looper. He was like kind of the cop that hunts 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 uh, hunts down the kid in Looper. Anyway, he is awesome in this movie in in the second season when he finally comes on. He is the character that uh, I mean, does it spoil that while Bill Hickok gets killed? You know. Well, that's that's what I was talking about the the <laughs> the event that happens that sets off a chain of events was yeah. while Bill getting killed. I mean, but that's, and I was that's curious historical. if that really happened that way, and it does go down like it goes down in the show. Well, so Garrett Dillahunt, right? So just mm-hmm. remember that you recognize him from other right. from movies and whatnot. Okay, yeah. so he's the character that kills him. Right. He's going to come back as another character in the second oh, season. Oh, weird. And you won't even know it's him. Weird. But now that I pointed out, you will. But that's crazy. But you would. Never know. That's crazy. So are all three seasons really, really good? Do they stay like the quality? Second season's way better than the first. That, uh, second awesome. season's awesome. The third season's okay. Right. But you're right. They, they're wrapping it up, and so something's just off. You know. That's what I was wondering. It, it feels like there was no closure to it. Yeah, and that's, um, that's second season's great. Those are awesome fight scene between Bullock and Swearingen in the second oh, season for sure. That'll be awesome. Yeah, that's awesome because it's already like bo- like from the very beginning it was like boiling yeah. between them. That's awesome. I'm excited about Deadwood. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Pulp Fiction. I apologize to Jacob's office for spilling coffee all over the floor. Uh, <laughs> be sure to tune in next week where we tackle another movie or of some sort. We don't know what yet. <laughs> Maybe a video game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction.